Palmer Alexander for the Inner Zone Network. I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, Cafe Piazza. They're located at 1900 Arsenal. They have a happy hour where you get buy one, get one 50% off on all items of equal or lesser value. They also have large pizza, beer, and wine. All cash tips go to furloughed employees. That's at Cafe Piazza. Give them a call, 314-343-0294. They also do delivery and curbside pickup. And on the weekend, their brunch is open. Get yourself some bottomless mimosas, Bloody Marys, breakfast pizza, a la carte, all at Cafe Piazza, located at 1900 Arsenal. That is Cafe Piazza, 314-343-0294. 314-343-0294 and a thank you for your business. City to city, state to state, worldwide, you're listening to the In The Zone Network. We just want our respect. Rob wants his respect. (laughs) Coach Vogel wants his respect. Our organization wants their respect. Laker Nation wants their respect. And I want my damn respect, too. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Price Check Podcast here on the In The Zone Network. I am your host, Josh Price, uh, picking up part two of our NBA season preview, uh, shifting gears over to the Western Conference, which... um, the Western Conference is monstrous, man. <laughs> so it is like it, honestly, it like is. it like, really. Real. So we talked about the East, and we got down to that seven to ten seed range, and, and talking about the play, and you kind of struggled to see, okay, damn, like can this team make it, or who do I trust making it out of these teams? In the Western Conference, I think we wholeheartedly have. 13, maybe 14 teams that feel like they're truly in the mix for one of those 10 playoff slash play-in spots. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, everything from this offseason starts and ends in the West with the Lakers. Defending champs, they went out, they got better. We don't have to spend a whole lot of time on them. You know, it's pretty obvious. You got LeBron James, you got Anthony Davis, you're a title contender. Similar playing. But, of course, um, Gangster Rob, my man Rob Palenka, went out here and, of course, <laughs> got got Harold, got Gasol, got Wesley Matthews, got Schroeder. Um, they, we know the Lakers are going to be in the hunt. You can't beat them, join them. Look, Harold got smart. He know. <laughs> he knew. He knew the Clippers was going to clip, baby. He knew. He knew. Like, you know what? I already stay, you know, in the same building. Let me just go ahead and go down the hallway, check them out, see what they doing. Um, but, no, we know the Lakers are going to be in the thick of it, um, you know, barring any, you know, injuries or, you know, bad luck, things like that. But um, I think they have a very realistic shot at repeating. Um, I am picking them to repeat. Um, I think – if you, uh, of course, we're getting way ahead of ourselves sitting here in December talking about what's going to be happening in, you know, June and potentially July. But I think right now, of course, they're the favorites to win the West. They would be favorited to win the title. I think about against just about every team that would come out the East. <sighs> yeah, like I don't think as good as Brooklyn is with KD. I still think, and I probably wouldn't have said this last year if KD were healthy, but I think the role players for the Lakers I'll take now over what is still there in Brooklyn. Hmm. At least in the finals. You got Joe Harris for Brooklyn. You got Dinwiddie, Levert. You got those guys. But we talking about LeBron, AD, Mark Gasol, Schroeder, Harold. I, yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like on. you got to upgrade over Rondo. But – with Schroeder, but you know, I think that's more offensively. Yeah. Now defensively, he he He's has not. his moments, but at the right. same time, I think even with Rondo, Rondo really turned it on in the playoffs. But as far as regular season, he wasn't defending like that. 
And you also got your guys like Caruso, who you can still count on to defend, Matthews. Um, yeah, that oh, And Taylor Horton Tucker. Let's start. Hold on. Let, let's pause real quick. <laughs> if he is going to be what we've seen so far in the preseason, that changes a lot for the Lakers. Uh, one, I, I think something that is very important is that it, in a sense, makes Kyle Kuzma even more expendable than what you may have considered him to be. Because I think if you are getting the offensive production that you're getting out of Horton Tucker, especially with him kind of being that combo wing, um, you can really see what you can get for Kuzma. Let Markeith Morris continue to take a lot of those Kuzma minutes anyway and try to turn it into maybe another you know, guard or, um, you know, another wing that you really feel good about, uh, especially if you don't plan on signing Kuzma to an extension, which it sounds like him and the Lakers are still pretty far apart on what they think is, is right. I don't think he's going to resign with them. I don't either. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if you – especially now we know the trade deadline is also going to be in, like, March, the end of March instead of February. I think you take your, your time to see, um, you know – what you can get for Kuzma if, like I said, if Horton Tucker is actually going to play the way that he's played, uh, you know, in the preseason, in the regular season. But so far, he's been lights out, man. Like, I, I really think, you know, again, shout out to Rob Polink, another good draft pick of his late in the draft that's turned out to look like he might be on the something. Might be, you know, and who knows how that future, you know, will translate as – Right. You know, as the season progresses and then, you know, further than that as well. Right. You know, again, it's just preseason. But, uh, again, if he can if he can play with that same level of confidence and, um, you know, the way that a lot of the people around the Lakers organization feel like he can continue to play, that, that really adds even that much more firepower to a team that we thought was, you know, already a title contender at the very least. So, mm. um, the other team in L.A., <laughs> the Clippers. <laughs> I'm torn on the Clippers. Um, the reason I'm torn on the Clippers is because, as y'all have heard me do multiple times on this podcast, yes, I'm here for the Clippers going to clip jokes and, you know, talking about them blowing the 3-1 lead from last year and all that. Um, but I really, like, I halfway feel like we have started to underrate the Clippers, at least from a regular season perspective, because of what happened Last year in the playoffs, which, I mean, rightfully so, right? You go out and you blow a 3-1 lead. Team, people are not going to feel the same way about you as they did when you first went up 3-1. It's just the facts of it. So, um, but I think, you know, again, just from a regular season perspective, they still are going to be, at worst, a top three team in the West, I think. Mm. I mean, I'm looking at the roster now, and, you know, the addition of Ibaka is, is wonderful. Uh, they, they could get spot scoring from uh, Batum. You know, remember they got him too. Yeah. Now, and, Batum I'm not quite as high on, but at the same time, Batum was a guy who we thought was a very good two-way player before he got all that money in Charlotte. Remember where he – right, and remember where he played. Right. Again, he played in Charlotte. They paid him like he was supposed to be, like, a number one option, and Batum is supposed to be a role guy. Like, that's, that's, that's what it is. Um, I think he's a little little beyond his – the years where, like, you know, the thing that made him a good role player when he was in Portland and why Charlotte ended up paying him all that money was – you know, somewhat of an athletic dude, long, rangy, you know, can hit the three, can defend the other team's best players. He's not at that level anymore. Uh, but he can give you, I think, capable bench minutes, at least for the team that you're going to have around him. You're not really asking him to do a whole lot. So Batum is a – I think that's an okay flyer for them. Because, um, mm-hmm. again, worst-case scenario, if he turns out to be trash, you don't have to give him that many minutes anyway. Um <laughs> they, re- they re-signed Marcus Morris, which I like them re-signing him. I don't like the number that they got him at. But, but you kind of pulling pulling teeth with that one because it's like, what else were they going to do? Yo, I, I look at it like this now. Any role player that gets beyond what they what they mean, I look at Corey Joseph's contract. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. always I always go back to that yeah. because it, 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 it translated a lot to me. When he got that $40 million deal by the Raptors – I think part of that was uh, we paying you to come back home because he's originally from Canada. But not only that, 
he he was fresh off uh, a title run yeah, with, with the Spurs. With Spurs. Yeah. So they thought, boom, let's get this dude. Get throw some, some money at him. DNA in here and all that. Let's throw some money at him, man. And okay, right. Yeah. So that's why I look at it like if, if any role player getting overpaid, I go back to that. It's the Corey Joseph syndrome. I we could hey that'll be right here on this show. Yeah, we we I think we just yeah we, we just dubbed it. We just dubbed it Corey Joseph syndrome. That's now right. even even with Marcus Morris though he ain't never won shit. Like <laughs> you you paid him to, I mean I guess essentially be like your third or fourth best player. Which eh, that's, what you, <laughs> that's what you want to do with your money. If that's what you want to do with your money, Steve Ballmer, I'm not gonna hate him. He ain't, he, he probably the fourth best player on the squad. Yeah. Fifth best player, maybe. So and like again, I think they're going to be good in the regular season, if nothing else. Um we need to see if we are getting a truly healthy Kawhi this year. I will again, until I'm blue in the face. Continue to say I do not think he was fully healthy by the time we got through the end of the bubble last year. Load management, baby. I think, again, I think if you are going to load manage a player the way that they managed Kawhi last year, something's truly wrong there. Because the league's not letting you do that just because. Like, they go through a pretty thorough injury report process now to where if you're going to be able to allow a guy to – take the low management days off and, you know, not play one end of, you know, back-to-back games, the league is only approving that if they feel like you have a legitimate injury concern, and I think they had a legitimate one with Kawhi and whatever was going on. Is that league. why they're they having this investigation going on now? Well, so that's separate. The investigation is a little different. Uh, so for those of y'all who are not aware, the Clippers are currently under investigation by the NBA um, because Jerry West – has been sued. Um, I need to pull up the the TMZ story here. He's being sued by a man who is supposedly a very close friend, if not the best friend, of Kawhi's uncle Dennis. And everybody, you know, who followed the whole Kawhi saga, um, his uncle Dennis is basically like his his right hand man as far as his NBA business goes. Yo, okay, he has a name. His name is Johnny Wilkes. Yeah, Johnny Wilkes. So Johnny Wilkes has sued Jerry West, I believe, for two point five million dollars. Yes, two point five million dollars, basically saying that Jerry West offered to pay him as much to help lure Kawhi to the Clippers versus the Lakers. Now, where this gets tricky because, of course, Jerry West has come out and denied this. TMZ has obtained. And again, I know how a lot of y'all out there probably feel about TMZ, but the very least, when TMZ done reported some shit and I didn't seen it, usually if they report it, it's either pre, you know right or maybe not ethic, ethical, but it's still yes. right. Case in point, Kobe, Kobe Bryant's Bryant. death. Right. Again, y'all, y'all know how I feel on this podcast about Kobe Bryant. Did I hate seeing that he died, be first reported by TMZ? Yeah, but at the end of the day, when I saw it, I figured it had to be somewhat true. Or it was to. correct. So, TMZ reports that there is a voicemail in which the voice on the recording sounds a lot like Jerry West. There's a voicemail where he basically is saying, thank you for all of your help. He can't believe that Kawhi would consider going to the shit show that was the Lakers at that time. He would basically basically say something. That he I can would, read this. Yeah, like, I got the, I yeah, got the transcript up, right yeah. here. Please read the transcript, because <laughs> the, the transcript is hilarious. <laughs> I'm reading it. I was like, "Hey there, this is Jerry calling. I really want to thank you for a lot for trying to help. I heard this morning that everyone over in the Lakers camp thinks they're going to get him. I just find it hard to believe that he would go to that shit show where he would not even be." Wouldn't even get his name in the paper, and he wouldn't be the face of the franchise. That's for sure. He might be the best player on the team, but hope things are well. And, again, I really, really appreciate everything you've done. I will keep you apprised of what's going on. But I do want to get together with you privately and would love to take you to dinner and even Sam if he's around so I can at least pay my respects to you guys for being so generous and helpful. Take care. Talk to you sometime soon. Bye-bye. So – now, that is a voicemail. That is a voicemail. <laughs> and, and for those of y'all also wondering at home, uh, Sam is, I believe, a man by the name of Sam Watson, um, who is a acquaintance of both Mr. Wilkes and 
Dennis Robertson, um, Kawhi's uncle. So that gets very tricky because we might have a Joe Smith situation on our hands if this turns out to be oh, like, dear. legitimate. Yo, and it's making it's making Jerry West look completely bad right now. Well, so my thing with Jerry is like, why why so much malice in your heart, baby? The Lakers did nothing but but great things for you. You helped put the Lakers on the map, you know, with the Kobe Shaq era and putting that team together. You went on, you worked for the Grizzlies, you worked for the Warriors. You went to all these other teams. Got the Lakers the championships for the Warriors. The Lakers have never had a problem with Jerry. So they say. At least from what I know, they ain't got no. What what would the Lakers issue be with Jerry that he went and helped these other teams? Okay, cool. They won championships without Jerry. They've won championships with Jerry in the front office. Doesn't matter. My thing is, you know, I get you work for the team. You know, they pay you to be a quote unquote consultant. Um, but why so? Why so much malice? There's got to be some kind of hatred between him and the Lakers. I, I mean, front office. It's, it's, it's got to be, be something. Office. It's the front office. It got to be. And I'm, I'm, I'm guessing. I'm gonna take a wild stab in the dark. There's nothing but pure speculation. Right. It's Genie Bus. That's 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 the only that's the only dots you can connect, in my opinion. It's Genie Bus. It's gotta be somewhere Genie. Yep. That's it. Um, not Jerry, not Jack Kent Cook, who was a former <laughs> owner. Right. Not anything with that family because they don't even own it. It's something to do with Genie Bus, I think. It's got gotta be. So um I don't know I don't know what it is, but that's if you pay somebody two and a half million dollars to help you get a free agent, do you know the type of shit that the league is going to try to throw at you in that franchise? As it says here in the art in the article, and I'm, I'm reading it off of uh, USA Today's The Big Lead, um, Lakers owner Jeannie Buss had informed Robertson that the franchise couldn't accommodate him. Mm. He informed Robertson that that's so uncle was informed that. Okay. So, but I'm like, I just want to know the the. The rift between Jerry and, and Jeannie. Yeah. That's what I'm at. Well, and so my my thought is, one, as much as I would have been a fan of adding Kawhi to LeBron and AD, it wasn't necessary. We, we just saw it. We just saw it play. It wasn't. Out. It wasn't necessary. <laughs> it would have been a nice to have. It probably would have been very unfair to watch and see play out over the course of a regular season Yo, in the league. It would have been like the Chris Paul trying to get to the Lakers it was deal. with Kobe and and the White type of thing. Yeah, like so. Am I mad that Kawhi chose the Clippers over the Lakers? No, like <laughs> even as a Laker fan, you yeah, love it. Yeah, like again, we have never seen any evidence that the Clippers can seriously contend for a championship. And you just signed up for that versus the team that has now tied for the most banners in NBA history. Regardless of the shit show that they were prior to LeBron getting there and even in that first LeBron season, the Lakers are always making moves or at least setting themselves up to make moves with championship aspirations in mind. The Clippers just happy to be here. Or at least they were when before Kawhi got there. When they when they had the team where it was just Gallinari, Shea Gilgis, Alexander, Pat Bev, Lou Will, and all those guys, it's a bunch of you know, you know, role guys kind of making up a team. They had that identity of okay, you know, yes, we know that we're the underdogs, but you know, we're gonna give it our best. We gonna you know put it all out in the court, that type of shit. Now you get Kawhi, and because he won a ring with Toronto, which if Golden State was healthy, he would not have won. Now y'all think y'all the best team in the league. And then, boom, y'all go out and blow a 3-1 lead to them. And then you just gave $200 million to Paul George. Way off P. So, Clippers, like, again, I I don't want y'all to mishear me. I think they are going to be a good team, but I do not think they will be great. And I think, you know, second, third team in the West, probably in a regular season. Get another 3-1 series lead, probably get bounced like well, they did before. Well, so we're going to get to that, too, because I think once you get past the two L.A. teams, right, you've got this group of – and, again, I'm not I'm – not Young naming, teams at that. Well, you got this group of teams in the West where it is basically Denver, Dallas, Utah – Houston, 
Portland, yep. and Phoenix, where they all feel like they could be like in the top half of the West. Mm-hmm. And you didn't even mention Golden State. And, and we're going to get to them too because I got a hot take on Golden State. Okay. We're going to get to them too. But the, the group that I just mentioned, Denver, Dallas, Utah, Portland, and Houston. It's five teams. Yep. All five of those teams, maybe with the exception of Denver, you could tell me that they finished third in the West. I wouldn't be surprised. You could tell me they finished seventh or eighth in the West. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. Denver, I'd be a little shocked to see them as low as seventh or eighth. With, okay. Yeah, yeah. With what they have, I think they should be a top four team in the West. Right. Um, I wasn't very high on their moves this offseason, but I think Portland will be a top four team in the West. Okay. Um, I, I'm not the biggest fan of Robert Covington, but at the end of the day, he is an upgrade over the wings that they've had around CJ and Dane. Um, I don't think Cantor helps them on defense at all, but at the same time, he is an incredible offensive rebounder. Um, a lot of putbacks and, and stuff, you know, when he's on the floor. They weren't that great of a defensive team anyway, so I, I guess you take your chance with that. Um, Harry Giles was worth the chance that they they took on him. Um, now getting rid of uh, Whiteside is probably that's an upgrade. Tremendous, yeah, that's an upgrade. If you ask me, Zach Especially, Collins returning now. Just get one healthy season, please, Zach Collins. Because <laughs> every that, now that's the one thing that I do get a little bit annoyed with, like Portland, where it's like, okay, well, you know, they make good offseason moves every year. You know, they just you know injury luck and all this. At the end of the day, one. Dame and CJ was healthy all last year. Let's let's go ahead and clear the air there. Mm-hmm. They were healthy all last year, and the guys that y'all you know keep saying aren't healthy. Zach Collins, he's never been healthy. Nurkic, he his injury was a little bit more of a, a freak injury. Like we didn't expect him to just snap his leg in half. You, you did go and get Enos Cantor, and even though he's not necessarily injury prone, he also ain't that damn good. So I, I think they could. If you get a crazy, you know, MVP type of season out of Dame, they probably can be like the third best team in the West. Yeah, but and I think they're probably more realistically going to be somewhere like four or five, maybe six. It'd be interesting to see what happens with, um, of course, with Gary Trent. You know, they just added, yeah. just added Derek Jones, and um, I think Melo's going to be good for them. From yeah. what I've seen in the preseason, if Melo can stay healthy, I think Melo's going to be good. And he got braids again. I, I kind of, <laughs> I feel like there's some good, some good karma, some good juju some, coming. Some of that way. Denver, that Denver luck coming in. Yeah, some of that Denver juju going back his way. Yeah. Um, so I, I think he's gonna be a, a much needed scoring punch for them. Yeah. Um, and I am going to really be intrigued by what they do with the lineup of Dame, CJ, Melo, Covington, and Nurkic because I think that lineup can cause some problems for teams. I don't think. Here's my thing. I don't think you start Carmelo Anthony. The reason why I say that, at least in the beginning, right? Because you need you need to see what Rodney Hood can do. And I know you would say, well, why would you put Melo over? I mean, why would you put Rodney Hood over Carmelo Anthony? I want somebody to score coming off the bench, that second unit, right? Somebody you can count on, right? I can't really count on. That and that, like if Rodney Hood does go south, then I can insert Melo in the starting lineup. But I'm not doing that now. You know, I want to see what Rodney Hood can do because he did, he is coming off an injury. Well, and you, know? you also you want to make sure that you're not putting too much on Melo in terms of minutes. Exactly. So that's probably the best way to do it. You have him come off the bench where he plays, let's say, 25 minutes a game, but a bulk the bulk of his minutes are like to close the game to. Right. So he's not starting, but he's finishing the game. And it's kind of more important when you have your best players out there. And we'll say it sounds crazy, but it's like you do uh, a 4 5 4 and then play him the whole fourth quarter. You can do it that way. And then he gets his 25 minutes right there. Yeah. Because you want him to bring you back into the game, and you know that he can with, with, with the skills that he got. So it's like, dude. I would I would put Rodney Hood as a starter just for the beginning of the season. If it doesn't work out, then you insert Carmelo as a starter, yeah. just like that. Yeah. So um, I think I think Portland's gonna be good though. Um, a lot of people still have the image of 
Portland fighting to be in the playoffs last year in their head, which, again, they're, they're going to be healthier to start the season. And I think having, you know, those guys, you know, again, all there at the beginning is going to be what helps them kind of, you know, win some games early on to build where their, you know, standing is out there in the Western Conference. So, um, Price Check Podcast, of course, previewing the Western Conference here on our NBA season preview. Next team we have to talk about is Houston. Um, James Harden out here champagneing and campaigning. Do we have to? But yeah, go we ahead. do. We do have to talk about Houston because one, John Wall and Boogie Cousins actually look healthy, which is great for them. Hopefully, they can sustain it. Um, <laughs> I I don't know what to do with this James Harden situation. I really don't because do he don't I, want to be there, man. Do I think they should just go ahead and trade the man? Yes. But at the same time, I get their stance of we need to make sure it is really going to be worthwhile if we're going to trade him. Yep. Um, The problem that I see for them, though, is, like, what team with a good young player is desperate enough where they feel like they have to give up that young player in order to get James Harden and be nobody better. for real. If we're gonna be honest with yeah, ourselves, like, it's no one. So like let's let's just let's just run through the names. Boston's not giving up Tatum. No. Hell, they probably wouldn't give up Jalen Brown. You have to you would have to get three first round picks. Yeah, so Boston's out the question. <laughs> like, like either way it go, the team that trades them, Houston has to give up three first round picks. It doesn't matter. So I'm I'm talking about uh no, I'm sorry. The team that has yeah, they they're the, trying to get James Harden, they will have to give up three first round at picks. At least. That's what they, that's what Drew Holiday just got, the Pelicans. So you gotta give up at least that <laughs> that's, much. That's even wilder, yeah, man. You gotta give up at least that much in order to get James Harden. So Boston's out. Um Utah's not giving up Donovan Mitchell. Denver's not giving up Jamal Murray. Um, hell, Denver probably wouldn't give up Michael Porter Jr. yet. What other teams like with like that are contending teams anyway? Because of course he wants to go to somebody that's a contender. What mm-hmm. other contending teams have young pieces that they're willing to give up? Miami's not giving up Bam and Tyler Hero. Phoenix surely ain't giving up Devin Booker. Right. So you keep going through and playing process of elimination, and you getting a lot of eliminations. I'm like, so it all it yo, all comes back to Philly and Brooklyn, but they for don't contending. Yeah. Now so anybody else, and it's gonna sound crazy. Okay. And maybe because it's my bias, and I don't care. But Chicago, you. But the thing is, you have to give up marketing. You have to give up Kobe White. Yeah, you have to and give first up. Round picks you've got to give up the pieces. Yep. But or Levine. I think so. Yeah, if there's going to be a non-contending team or team that we at least don't think of as a championship contender, maybe a team that can fight to get in the playoffs. Chicago comes to mind. The Pelicans come to mind. Which they've got a lot of picks. They've got Brandon Ingram if they wanted to flip him. Atlanta is another crazy choice. So I don't think Atlanta does it though. Okay, that's why I say it's a crazy choice. It's it's a very it's a very interesting option if they did decide to do it because they've got some pieces to to be able to trade. Indeed. However, I think. The problem that they would run into is what message are you then sending to Trey Young? Because to this point, everything that they've done has been with the goal of keeping him happy and working around him. You're basically taking the ball out of his hand if you go get James I'd have been like, we're here to help you. Wink, wink. You get what I mean? Yeah. Like, we brought James to bring in and help you out. And so that way you can be part of a playoff-bound team. That's the that'll be the lies or it could be the truths <laughs> that be, be presented. But you know that would be said if that were the case, right? Right. That we're to help you, right? So this, I mean, if it was Chicago, it's like we're trying to unload and restart over. And you already know that Harden ain't for that unless right. he don't want to play for no ring. He just wants some money. Chicago be willing to give that. And then guess what happens? You know what's crazy is kept. I know it sounds crazy. The TV deals will come back in for Chicago. Mm-hmm. More national games because it's James Harden. Right. So. I think I, he might just be stuck in Houston. I think so, too. The more I sit here and think about it, he might just be stuck in Houston. 
at least to start the season. Nobody's in a rush to trade for him no, right now. Not now. Um, especially my man came in here looking out of shape in that first preseason game. <laughs> I I really I saw a screenshot of him um, mm. in his warm up, and I really on first glance thought it was Kendrick Perkins and not James Harden. Yo, so check this out. So then when he was actually playing in the game, I was like, "Are you just wearing big clothes now and just trying to give off the image that?" You didn't, uh, you didn't eat too much. You been eating them chicken wings down in Atlanta and stuff like man, that. You know, at, those, at them clubs, strip club chicken. Even out here, again, champagne and campaign, man. Shacking a fool too, man. Look, so I, I think they have to trade him. I don't think there is a great trade option. But who's gonna get him? That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't. I think at some point James is gonna have to say, okay, if I really want out of Houston, how bad am I? Of a situation, am I willing to go to? I'm gonna say you you got rid of Westbrook. So I think Westbrook got rid of got rid of himself. I think Westbrook looked at the situation, and said, "Oh, so this is what y'all doing to cater to him? I'm cool. I'm out." And you know, I think Westbrook has ended up in a better situation for himself in Washington. I think, and he went his coach. Yeah, he he's with he's with his boy Scott Brooks. I, I think. That was a good move for him. I think John Wall can be a good fit in Houston with or without James Harden, especially if him and Boogie are actually going to be able to stay healthy. Um, they got Christian Wood. They got you know they still got some good pieces down there. Um, but whether or not they trade James Harden will depend or will tell us you know where they end up in the standings. Um, if they do move James Harden before the trade deadline, they probably will be a little bit closer to the bottom of the West. Um, if they don't, it's probably because they're winning at a slightly higher clip than maybe what they expected. So, mm-hmm. again, one of those teams where if you told me they finished like third or fourth in the West, wouldn't be shocked. If you told me they finished seventh or eighth, I could definitely see a path to that. So that's a team that I'm really kind of keeping my eye on if for nothing else but to see what happens, you know, with that James Harden situation. Definitely, so, yeah. Um, Looking towards, like, the bottom of the West, right? Mm-hmm. I mentioned the Suns. I mentioned the Pelicans. Um, I think those two teams are definitely in the play-in mix. Mm-hmm. You could talk me into both also kind of fighting on that borderline of being like six or seven. Okay. Pelicans maybe more so than the Suns. I, I take that back. Suns maybe more so than the Pelicans. Because I think the Pelicans are going to have some problems defensively. Suns probably will too, but at least you have you have Devin Booker ready to kind of take another step based on what we saw in the bubble and also what we've seen in preseason. You got a real point guard now in Chris Paul. Looks like DeAndre Aiden is, you know, at I least. I think Chris is going to work well with DeAndre. Uh, DeAndre going to work well with Chris Paul. Yeah, man. I think that pick and roll game with those two is probably going to be real nice. Um, and they just look like a competent team again. Like, you couldn't say that about Phoenix Yo, but in some of the previous years. Ain't it amazing that when you get Chris Paul, your team looks – Overnight, it just changes. Like, yo, yo, uh, what's the term that they use for wins? Um, wins not wins above replacement, not that. That's a baseball term. Um, but your the, the positive, the, the oh, negative positive. The uh, net rating. Yeah, it goes up. Yeah, it, it definitely goes up. Those through the roof <laughs> when you get Chris Paul, especially on that type of team. Yeah. It's just those little tweaks that keep them from, you know, being outside the playoffs going to, you know, like I said, six or seven seed. I mean, you just saw it last season with Oklahoma City. When they went when Chris Paul went to and got traded to Oklahoma City, instantly we start thinking Lottery City. Lottery team. And then sure they enough, got the seed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I I might be selling them short. Um, they might be like a five or six seed. Hell, four. I can see Phoenix as a four so, if they gel. So the problem I'm running into with the West is, like I said, I just think it's too many good teams in the West. Somebody got to take some L's in the regular yo, season. Yo, like them Sacramento Kings, yo. Oh, look, the Kings, it's going to be tough sledding for them. I think – OKC is going to probably be the worst team in the West. I think Sacramento and Minnesota are right there, neck and neck. That's going to be because for the next it, it depends. Spot. It depends on the health of their two top players, Marvin Bagley and De'Aaron Fox. It's going to depend on that. 
if because they could mess around, slide in that play-in game. They could. Mess around, uh, slide so, in. right now, if I, like, just looking at the, some of the teams that I mentioned, I feel like the Rockets would probably be, like, the seventh seed. You give the Suns maybe eight. And then I'm thinking Pelicans and Grizzlies, nine and ten. I think Grizzlies take a slight step back, but they're still good enough to be in that play-in mix. Um, a lot. Of, so we haven't talked about Dallas yet, which they also are the other team that is like I can see them as high as three. I can see them as low as like seven or eight. Luca is the favorite in Vegas right now to win the MVP award. What that tells me is this season can go one of two ways. Mm-hmm. If they are like. Let's say let's say the Mavericks take a, a huge step up and they're the third seed in the West. Lucas definitely winning MVP. Like the the narrative is building already. Mm-hmm. If they do not, if they don't take that leap and they are still in like, you know, the same range they were last year, kind of bouncing between four and seven, the matchups could end up getting a little dangerous for them. Mm-hmm. They weren't great defensively last year. We don't know. If Porzingis can stay healthy, true. Um, I like them adding Josh Richardson. They drafted Tyrell Terry. I like both of those moves. I, I think they could have gotten another big just to kind of protect themselves. Who is this now? Dallas. Yeah. Um, I think they could have got another big, but neither here nor there. I think Luca can definitely take that MVP leap. I think it's gonna be he would have to do something exceptional for them to be. The third seed in him winning. He's got to win. They got to. He's got to at least score thirty a night. Now, if you look at his averages, it's not crazy. He was like twenty nine, nine and nine, which only twenty one year old ever to do that. Um, it's not out of the realm of possibility for him no. to, to do that. But I think you're asking a lot of him to put up those numbers and them. You're basically asking them to be a title contender this year if he's going to win MVP. That. It's really what it comes down. You have to think that because that again, based on what we saw out of the Russell Westbrook MVP, I guess that was 2015-2016 when KD left and he got MVP in OKC. They won forty four games. It was a six seed in the West. They went home in the first round. Nobody's getting an MVP like that again. Yeah, that nobody. Can nobody's get. Nobody's getting an MVP. You got like You got to understand it though. Is what was Dallas last season? Six, they so technically they ended up falling to seven. Okay, because they played the Clippers. The so you you saying I, I have to disagree with that because they're going to base everything off what you do in the regular season. Granted, it should be different. You should be how it should handle for the entire season. Right. So that means if your team don't make the playoffs and you do this outstandingly great job, claps. That's all you will get. You're not going to get much recognition for that. It's it's about taking your team to the playoffs. It's about taking your team to the title. You know, that's case. Then guess what? LeBron would have been MVP one, two, three, four times. So, part of the reason why I bring up Westbrook though is because we, in the moment, all of us were amazed by what he was doing, averaging triple double. You know, KD decided to leave him, and he's putting this OKC team on his back. That all sounds great, right? He went on to average a triple double the next two seasons, and nobody cared. You see That's what I'm saying? True. So, you're basically saying this man averaged a triple double. His team was six in the West. We're going to give him MVP. If Luca averages twenty nine nine and nine again, and they're the six seed, what is valuable about that? Like what? Like you're in the Western Conference. You have to do something exceptional if you're going to be the MVP. MVP shouldn't just be I. I, I made my team a little bit better than what we were supposed to be, so give me some credit. I think that Russell Westbrook MVP is going to be the last one we see like that. Hell, Giannis just won back-to-back MVP awards, and his team was the best, had the best record in the league each year, and they're probably not going to vote for him again because he can't get it done in the playoffs. I don't know, man. I don't know because, dude, to go back on Giannis, and, and we did it in the last episode, when you have a dude that's averaging – 
30 points in 30 minutes of yes. play. Yes. You can't sit there and tell me that he's not the most valuable player. Right. So if he if he were to do it again in a shorter time frame, and I'm just throwing it out there, 30 and 25, and I'm, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying a short time frame. You going to sit here and deny him again? No. So I think we, we've seen this happen in different periods of time throughout the NBA. Voter fatigue becomes a thing. People are going to start getting tired of voting for Giannis if he's not getting over the hump and actually winning when it comes playoff time. The same way they got tired of voting for James Harden when he won his MVP but then couldn't get over the hump come playoff time. The same way they stopped voting for Russell Westbrook after that first average of a triple-double because they thought it was overrated once it got to playoff time. Steph Curry, the only unanimous MVP in our league's history, and he didn't win the finals and hasn't won a finals MVP. He didn't win the finals in the year that he won regular season MVP, that second one. And he hasn't won a finals MVP. People are going to start to get voter fatigue from that. It's going to keep happening to where somebody new is going to either get the narrative that the media wants mm-hmm. or just be so undeniable that they have to get the award. I think Luca has a chance to do that. I I wouldn't say he's the top choice for MVP though, just because I don't I don't see a very clear path for them to be high enough in the West for him to be the MVP. I see what you're saying now. Right. Again, I think if you're gonna be the MVP of the league, you probably gotta play on one of the best five teams in the league. I don't think Dallas is gonna be a top five team in the entire league this year. Gotcha. That's that's just my point. All right. Luca's great. I think he will be a multiple time. MVP in the future. I just I don't think it starts this year. Okay. That's, that's where I stand. So right. Dallas is gonna be good. I don't know how good just yet, but that that's a team I'm watching. Um the Warriors. Last team I want to touch on before we go. The Warriors I do not think will make the playoffs. One Losing Clay obviously hurts. It does. But if you look at them last year, mm-hmm. part of the problem, especially once Steph was injured, they just don't have enough guys no more. Like, okay, yeah, they went out and got Ubre. You basically are relying on Curry, Ubre, Wiggins, Draymond, and like Wiseman, Kavon Looney, Eric Pascal. That's about it. That's not enough in the Western Conference. Huh. Let's see. It's not enough. It does look bleak because even though they got Kent Bazemore, you know, to, to get him off the bench. Right. And he can be solid off the bench. You know, you're not quite sure of the rest of the crew. How old is Kent Bazemore, by the way? 31. Damn, I thought he was older than that. Because <laughs> it seemed like he'd been around a lot longer. It seemed like he'd been in the league forever, but I guess. So, yeah. I just I don't think they got the horses, especially with a lot of those other teams that we've mentioned. Like, yeah, considering just, how, like, how they like to run and stuff. And and honestly, you know, we don't think about it this way now because of them having Steph, but are we sure they have enough shooting? You can't trust Wiggins to hit 35 36% of his three-pointers. Ubre maybe, but after that, who they got shooting the ball? They, they have a, they don't have. And this is this is true. What I'm about to say right now, out of on their roster right now, they only have two men over six ten. Two, that's it. And one of them is Wiseman. And that sounds like an ass kicking in the paint, night in and night. Out. <laughs> Just by him himself. But I really think you know how. You know what the Warriors' mo was is they like to run, yeah. you know, and they like to score at will, and that's going to continue, even without Clay Thompson. Granted, it it sucks. It sucks ass. You know, he's thirty years of age and he's going to be out again for a year, but you know, um, this will determine can Steph lead a team? Yeah, because the jury's still out on that. Exactly, because he was ha- he was injured. Last year. Right. You know, so and they pretty much was tanking anyway. 
You know, so it didn't matter. Yeah, last year didn't matter the moment that they found out Clay was hurt. No, we gonna go ahead. <laughs> Steph got hurt too. Yeah, Steph ended up getting hurt. So I think even with a healthy Steph Curry all season long, they on the outside looking in the playoffs. They might be able to sneak into that play in, like eight through ten somewhere. I really think we throwing them really low under the bus. So I, I, like I get it. I I really get it. I just I think once you get past Steph and Draymond, it's a it's a drop off in terms of guys you feel like you can truly trust to help you win games. Unless unless we think Wiggins is gonna be something that he hasn't been in his career. And now he's really gonna get an opportunity to do he, that. He's gonna get an opportunity. I imagine he's going to look better than he has at any point in his career, having that full, you know, season and off season to get acclimated down there but I, it's it's tough for me to pick them especially like if you're talking about them being potentially like one of them top six teams that gets to avoid the play-in this is season seven for him yeah it's like Wiggins is who we thought he was <laughs> you know and, 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 and I hate to mention it a lot of times winning the, the rookie of the year doesn't give you a, a, a leg up on your career no because it can make you feel like you was a bust. He's like, it put all this hype on you. You win these awards and you do nothing else after. Because I don't even think he's been to an All Star game either. No, no All Star games. Uh, you know, it's just a lot of a lot of questions. Like again, Kelly Oubre. I think he's a really good player. I just don't think when it comes crunch time against teams like the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, you got enough. I don't think they got enough horses. Yeah. With the the way the West is stacked, especially this year, you gotta have a lot more than just Steph and Draymond to me. Mm-hmm. 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 It's interesting to see what Jordan Poole does. You know, I yeah, hope, like I like I like some of their young guys, Jordan Poole, Pascal. Um, I just hope they don't treat him like Queen Cook. Look. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They they look, they used to be doing Quinn bad, man. It, it, right. <laughs> At the bay, bro, they was doing him dirty. But Quinn did also get he got some run for them in times where you probably didn't expect him to did, you know, did well. Same thing, you know, he, he was able to get him a ring with the Lakers last year too, just off the strength of some of what he did for Golden State. So um I I think I'm a little lower on Golden State than maybe what some other people are, but you're asking them to go from being, I think, like 14th in the West to being top 10 when everybody that they have to either be as good as or better than has gotten better, and they have not. All they've added was James Wiseman. and Well, and Oubre, but... <sighs> we'll see. We'll see, man. It, it's going to be a long season for them. but Probably. Um, again, y'all know... Everything in the West, like I said, starts and ends with the Lakers in terms of teams that are going to come out the West. Um, I guess if I had to put some, like, award picks on Wax. <sighs> Too early, man. I, as long as I want to do it. It's really early. Um, I got to see the first week or so uh, first month. I, I don't – I'm not going to guarantee that either guy wins MVP, but two guys who I at least like the odds – to win MVP, I mentioned KD in our Eastern Conference portion of the preview. I think Anthony Davis got a shot to win MVP. And that's not that's not a Lakers bias thing either. I think, again, if we think the Lakers are going to be the best team in the West, like most people do, it's not out of the realm of possibility that the MVP would be on their roster. Right. And I think at this point in their careers – LeBron is not going to chase that quite as hard as an Anthony Davis would. He even like LeBron even kind of set the you know the tone for some of that when the trade first happened, where you know, kind of basically saying, "Hey, we're going to be good because of Anthony, not just because of me." And I think you start to see a little bit more of that, especially after the preseason game that Anthony Davis just gave us the other night, where he put thirty five on Phoenix in a like just effortlessly. So. I think there's a path to the MVP award for Anthony Davis. Um, we talked about Luka kind of being the favorite out in Vegas right now. I, I'm a little hesitant to make him my favorite. I think he has a realistic chance at being the MVP. Just 
I got to see it first uh, as far as the team success part of it. I think Dame could end up being in the MVP conversation this year if we're talking about players in the Western Conference, especially if Portland is as high as we think they're going to be, or at least what I said as far as being like the three or four seed. Mm-hmm. It's in the you know it's realistic. Um, so we'll see, man. We got a lot of a lot of exciting action coming to us this week. We got opening night here in a couple days on Tuesday. Warriors and Nets starting that uh, Tuesday night off the doubleheader followed Good. by. Lakers and Clippers. <laughs> Clippers uh, get to be on the opposite side of the ring ceremony. So, you know, at least they're in the presence of a championship. Closer than they probably ever going to get. So, we'll see how Tuesday night plays out. We got Christmas Day games this week. So, lots to tune into. Lots to cover. And guess where we're going to continue to cover it. The only, only NBA show in St. Louis. Price Check Podcast on the in the zone network. Palm Alexander for the in the zone network. I want to tell you about our newest sponsor, Cafe Piazza. They're located at 1900 Arsenal. They have a happy hour where you get buy one, get one 50% off on all items of equal or lesser value. They also have large pizza, beer, and wine. All cash tips go to furloughed employees. That's at Cafe Piazza. Give them a call, 314-343-0294. They also do delivery and curbside pickup. And on the weekend, their brunch is open. Get yourself some bottomless mimosas, Bloody Marys, breakfast pizza, a la carte, all at Cafe Piazza, located at 1900 Arsenal. That is Cafe Piazza, 314-343-0294, 314-343-0294, and a thank you for your business.